welcome to another episode of the Encouragement 511 podcast. My name is Al Argo. I'm your host for this weekly podcast, whose our goal is simply to encourage you, to build you up, and to help you encourage others. And today I'm joined with by a special guest all the way from the beautiful state of Colorado. Dr. Eugene C. Scott is a writer, pastor, a speaker, a coach, a church planter, a wonderful photographer, and we're so blessed to have you this week on the Encouragement 511 podcast. Welcome, Dr. Eugene. Well, thank you for asking me to come and have a conversation with you. And we have uh, so many things that have intersected as far as conferences and writing and encouragement. So it's really great to partner with you in this minute. Well, I'm so thankful that you've taken time today to join our podcast so I can introduce you to some of our listeners. Hey, you know, this is a brand new podcast. This is probably our seventh episode when this is released. And, you know, we're getting listeners from India, from the Philippines, from uh, across America. And um, and so how are you? How, how's Colorado today? Are everything well? Everything is well. Uh, we just returned from a trip to visit our grandkids and my daughter's son-in-law in Oklahoma. And so uh, that was a blast and back to the the daily schedule and hanging out at home, going to work, uh, that kind of stuff. Now, before you went to Oklahoma, not long ago, you were also in West Virginia. Tell us about that trip. Well, um, as you know, um, there's a, a conference in Bluefield, West Virginia, by the name of Hope Words that happens once a year. And as a writer this year, I wanted to try and get back into uh, some writer fellowship and community and conferences. And um, I found Hope Words through a mutual friend, a guy who was speaking there, Wynn Collier. And he actually was, since he was speaking, he offered um, anybody that made a comment uh, on his Facebook page and he would drop their name in a hat. And and if he drew it out, give them a free registration to the Hope Words. And so uh, he drew my name uh, and was excited about that. So got free registration and headed out to West Virginia. We have family in Virginia. So we went from the conference up through Virginia to the D.C. area and visited family as well, made a vacation of it. Wonderful. And this is my second year to attend Hope Words. And it was very interesting the first year on site. And this year I attended actually virtually and uh, as a number of writers and authors did. And uh, but so enjoyed being on site last year uh, up in Bluefield, West Virginia. What a beautiful, beautiful area. And of course, last year uh, it was about a month earlier and so at the end of the conference, I was able to go. I had never been snow skiing and uh, huh? actually went up to one of the uh, snow uh, resorts and, and took my boys snow skiing. Had a great weekend. But Travis, the organizer, who's uh, also a friend of mine, we, we want to have him here on the podcast uh, in the future. But he actually moved it a month later this year. Because in years gone by, people have been snowed in at the okay. Riders Conference, which sounds like an ideal setting you know, you know, you get snowed in a writer's conference, you get to write. And tell us about your writing journey. How did that all come to pass? Um, I, as a young, young boy, read some stories and thought, I want to do that. And so I've been writing ever since. Uh, early uh, in my writing, I thought I wanted to be a poet and a poet alone, and particularly a songwriter. So I tried to take up playing guitar and, and, and writing songs, but uh, music isn't my Words are my uh, way of telling stories, not 
not uh, music. And so I, I have just continued along that line. Being a pastor has given me an opportunity to write, obviously, sermons and all kinds of uh, Bible study lessons and things like that. But I have been working on a couple of pieces of fiction, a couple of novels. I have one finished and have some people interested in it, but not quite uh you know, if it's a fishing analogy, they're looking at the fly, but they're not uh, not taking it yet. And um, then I also had this journey that uh, with fear that I think a lot of people have and mm-hmm. and have had fear as a constant companion and maybe uh, unwelcome companion in my life. And on uh, 9-11, really woke up to the fact that I was not the only one that mm-hmm. was struggling with fear as a controlling force or emotion in my life. And I really started to investigate it and do some writing around that. And so that's my main project and current project right now. And you have a precursor. I know you're working on several books. You're working on a book uh, that's nonfiction. You're also working on several fiction books. But you have a resource on your website that I've read. And tell us about the free resource that our listeners can get by um, signing up for your weekly newsletter. Yeah, exactly. It's called Five Unusual Strategies uh, to Help You Manage Your Fear. And if you sign up to receive my blog, my newsletter, you can download that that ebook I've written on the five ideas of befriending your fear, uh, listening to your fear, and and just taking a different look, uh, which is why I called it unusual strategies, taking a, a real different look at fear and what it actually does for us. I think fear paralyzes a lot of people. It and does. It does. Back when I was in college, I attended sales school for a company in Nashville. And of course, if you're in direct sales, or if you're a pastor, or if you're an author, or if you are a mom, all of us go through periods or seasons or days of fear. And they shared an acronym with us back in the day. Uh, they said fear uh, is an acronym. It's F-E-A-R, false expectations appearing real. Well, it's not really real, right? And, uh, and But then you and I have days like 9-11 that impacts the world. It, it, it really impacted a small, you know, a small segment of society directly, but then it impacted all of us because, you know, on 9-11, I was down in South Carolina. You had planes hitting in New York, and then you had, uh, you know, planes hitting in D.C. And what's next? South Carolina on the beach. I was in Myrtle Beach at a at a conference that weekend or that day. And um, but but fear is real for a lot of people and paralyzes a lot of people. So I really appreciated that resource. It was written very well and laid out beautifully, as I remember. And then from that, I began to receive your Sunday Psalms. Tell us about that project. Yeah, again, going back to my um, beginning in writing, uh, wanting to be a poet. Um, I have just loved reading the Psalms, and they are probably the most uh, real and encouraging piece of Scripture. You know, uh, thousands and thousands of people get courage and strength from from the Psalms, and so did I. And and I, I began to realize that what if I could write some Psalms that spoke to today the way that the ancient Psalms spoke to that day? And also realized that particularly through COVID, that uh, many people, their worship schedule or their worship lives were disrupted. 
Sundays may not any longer for various reasons, you know, for people really struggling with being hurt by the church mm. um, or, you know, not being able to attend for physical uh, health reasons, that Sunday mornings had really become disrupted. And I thought, what if I could give people something to start their Sunday off with a reminder that for thousands of years, Christians have used this day as a day of Sabbath and sacredness and worship and would lead us into that. And so I, as a Lenten project, I began writing a weekly psalm and publishing it on Sundays for my readers and my friends. And I've enjoyed that. It's beautifully written. Each one that I've received and been able to read and share with others, it's just beautiful. And and again, you are an amazing photographer. Tell me about how that all came to pass. Have you always uh, had an interest in photography? I have. Um, when I was in uh, uh, junior high and, and high school, I had one of those little Instamatics. Oh, and I would uh, go around with it and, and take pictures. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I, I was in the Navy for a couple of years and uh, right after Vietnam, and I was able to buy a camera mm-hmm. and a 35 millimeter, a better camera and began taking pictures and have taken pictures ever since. Mm-hmm. I gave it up for many years. Number one, because I didn't have enough money. It was back in the film days. Mm-hmm. Um, starting a family, being a pastor, not having enough money. And then my camera broke. Mm-hmm. Um, I also realized in the the heart of that is that what I really am is a storyteller. Mm. Wow. And, and uh, that what I wanted to do with my photography is tell stories. Mm-hmm. So I really began in that not having a camera time in trying to figure out how to tell stories, how to, how to write descriptively, deepen my writing. And then um, years later, I was able to get a digital camera and went back to photography. It's much cheaper. And uh, now I'm on this project of trying to tell stories both with words and photographs. Mm -hmm. And so that's the heart of of that process. I, I go back again to knowing who I am. God created me as a storyteller. And just to own that and do that in all avenues of my life. That's amazing. And as a pastor of a church in Colorado, when you stand up to deliver a message, you know, Jesus was, a, again, the ultimate storyteller. He used parables to to speak truths. And you as a pastor, I'm sure do the same, you know, when you have the opportunity to speak, whether it's at your local church or at conferences uh, around America and around the world. People love stories. They do. And they're probably the most powerful uh, communication technique God has given us. And, you know, I, you may you may know maybe 80, 85% of scripture is narrative or story based, mm-hmm. not um, typically the commands and those kinds of things. So, And uh, well, what's one or two books that you are reading right now, whether fiction, nonfiction, what are you reading right now? I am um, currently engrossed in a book called The Night Watchman by mm-hmm. Louise Erdrich. She is a Native American author. Yeah, the book won the Pulitzer Prize. And it's just a beautiful story of uh, Indians on a reservation in North Dakota and their fight for freedom in wow. the 1950s. What books have helped shape your writing and helped you become a better writer and storyteller? Um, Annie Dillard has written a book on. Uh, on writing, I think called the writing life, which is uh, not so much a how-to, but but really a here's the story of my writing life. And she is such a, a beautiful, beautiful author, both in person. Her person is beautiful, but her writing is beautiful. And then um, an, another 
uh, book that's really influential. So Madeline Langle is one of my favorite authors. She's written Wrinkle in Time, plus a whole slew of other uh, novels and some nonfiction as well. And her book, Walking on Water, Reflections on Faith and Art, probably is one of the most influential books I've read um, because it's not just about art. It turns out to be about how to live out of who God made you. Sounds very interesting. And tell us the title of that book one more time. That is called Walking on Water, Reflections on Faith and Art. Speaking of walking, every week here at the Encouragement 511 podcast, we have an encouraging word of the week. So the encouraging word of the week this week is trailblazer. You can't be a trailblazer without walking. And and so the meaning of trailblazer simply means it's a pioneer, an innovator. And uh, another definition says here, an A trailblazer is a person who makes a new track through wild country. Wow, I like that definition. And whether you live in Colorado or whether you live in California or whether you live in India, all of us are kind of trailblazers for our own life. And uh, But as a young person, maybe you don't know which trail you need to take. And so, so what's that word trailblazer mean to you? pastor? Well, a, a couple of different things. First, the passage that always springs to mind is is 1 John 4, 8, which is perfect love casts out fear. So fear, again, is one of the themes in my life and dealing with that accurately. And then John writes, so we quote that often and we think, oh, that means we should live fearlessly. But mm. that's really not what John is saying. John is saying because fear has to do with judgment. And so he's going back to the idea of how loved we are and how cherished we are by God, that we can face the trail and blaze the trail um, because we know that when we look God in the eye at the end of the journey, he's going to look at us with love and forgiveness and grace. Mm -hmm. So even if we make mistakes, we take a wrong trail for a while, he's going to lead us back on. And so I find that passage daily gives me an idea of Man, I'm I'm going to go out there and live on the edge and just uh, find some new things. Look for God in new ways. Um, not go down the same old beaten tracks of of gee, that's safe, cautious. Eugene Peterson translated a, a piece of Romans eight. He said uh, the resurrection life is not a timid, grave tending life. Hmm. And, and I, I love that phrase because a lot of life becomes grave tending. Oh my gosh, hmm. I, I, I better not do anything dangerous or risky um, because God may get angry at me or, or I may make a mistake or I may get hurt. And, and uh, again, that's, that's not, I don't think, what the faith life, trailblazing life is all about. I completely agree with you. And, and uh, life is a great adventure. It's meant to be lived and lived fully. In fact, you know, John 10, 10, uh, I believe if I'm correct, the Bible says that I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Am I right, Pastor? Is that right? That's John 10, 10. That's right. And, and, you know, I jumped out of an airplane long ago and and had a major skydiving accident. So I, I sometimes tell people I have the world's worst memory and the world's best excuse, but it's just an excuse. <laughs> now, now tell me, you have embarked on a journey to walk an extensive length there in Colorado. Tell us about this goal and this ambition. 
Yeah, very good. My wife and I are um, hiking the Colorado Trail, which is a, a trail through the mountains from Denver to Durango, which is it's a 486 mile trail. Um, some people do it through hiking. It, it takes about six to eight weeks uh, backpacking and camping to get to do that length. We're doing it in segments. So it's broken into several segments, most of them about 15 miles long, where you can do one segment in a day or two. And we began that. So my wife and I, one of the the real, the things that we do together that that is really the glue in our marriage is hiking or walking. We Our first date, so to speak, was uh, a hike and a walk together, even though we'd known each other years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we started our romantic relationship, we took a hike. And what we've realized through the 43 years of marriage is that most of the important things that happen in our lives were usually on some kind of a journey or a hike. And so we decided, let's hike the Colorado Trail together. We began it on our 40th anniversary on May 12th. We did the first segment that day. We've done 86 miles, so we've only got 400 to go. (laughs) there. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the trail is, uh, most of it is above 10,000 feet above sea level. So you can't even start most of it until after July because Mm -hmm. it's snowbound and really some rugged climbing and hiking. So it's gonna be trailblazing, it's gonna be a challenge. I can't wait to see more photographs from your journey and hear more adventures. And as you and I walk, I'm a big walker. In fact, my first book that was released Mother's Day about 10, 11 years ago, it's called Walking, Living, Learning. Uh And so I'm a big walker. I believe walking can really uh, physical, physical walking can help us reverse diabetes and cancer and reduce depression. It's, there's just so many benefits for physically walking. And of course, all of us are walking in the world that we've been given. It does. That's right. Yeah. So one of the things we also want to do each week here on the Encouragement 511 podcast is to share one or two encouraging quotes of the week. Do you have an encouraging quote that you'd like to share with our listeners? I do. When I was talking to you originally, I gave it to Leonard Bernstein, but actually it's a quote from Madeline Langle, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't surprise me, of Leonard Bernstein. And she says, uh, Leonard Bernstein tells me more than the dictionary about art and creativity when he says that for him, music is cosmos in chaos. Mm. And that's an encouraging quote for me because uh, she says that has the ring of truth in my ears and sparks my creative imagination. Mm. And I think for me, I've been focusing on that idea of bringing cosmos, God, his created order, his image Mm. to a world that's pretty chaotic. And, and full of fear and striving. And whether I'm writing a poem or I'm um, mowing my yard, uh, because God is present in that activity, I'm bringing cosmos, the creative act mm-hmm. of Genesis 1, mm-hmm. into a sometimes chaotic and disturbed world. And I use that quote over and over again to encourage myself in the day, no, you're not doing mundane things. Even the mundane is bringing cosmos into chaos. I'm reading a book right now that was written probably 120, 130 years ago. It's called Streamed in the Desert. Oh, wonderful, wonderful devotional. Love the devotional book, Morning and Evening. Of course, I'm reading ahead. I'm already in October 
uh, some reading ahead, just, you know, just trying to just get as much out of this uh, book as I, as I can. And, and uh, the author writes in the book, there's two days in the week that they do not worry about. I thought, well, that's very intriguing. What are your two days? And they, and the author goes on to say, I don't worry about yesterday and I don't worry about tomorrow. I thought that's, that's yeah. good. And that so is. some days there are mundane, t- you know, the, the grass has to be taken care of. We have to put petrol in the car. We have to make sure the oil is changed in the car. Sometimes you do need to travel to Oklahoma, but that's a great trip to see family. Sometimes you get to come to West Virginia to a writer's conference. And and so as writers, we would just love to sit up uh, in the house for 12 hours a day and just write, but other things have to be done. And so, but writing is a priority for you and I, and I'm so thankful to have met you through the different groups that you and I are, are mutually connected with. Thank you for joining the Encouragement 511 podcast this week. Any last words before we call it uh, an episode? Any other words of encouragement you'd like to share with our listeners? If you know, maybe some of our listeners are going through fear today. What would you say to them right now? Well, it's, it's a, a strange concept, but we don't, we tend to think of fear as an enemy, and yet God gave it to us as a warning system. Hmm. And whether that's psychological fear or, at, you know, if a bus is coming at you, you don't say, be fearless, you jump out of the way. The trouble with psychological fear is we don't often know what it's really warning us of. Mm -hmm. And what I ask myself and others is pay attention to your fear. What's it saying to you? And when we dig deeper into that, we find the places of healing that God's working on Mm -hmm. inside of us. And we can move forward then with courage because our fear has told us what's troubling us, what's deeper inside of us, what God can dig into. Great advice, Dr. Eugene C. Scott. Do you have an encouraging verse that you could share with our listeners today? I do. And I told you about another one when we were talking about this before, and then it dawned on me that what's re- what God is really speaking to me is, is Genesis 1. And so Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature. Mm. And when I begin to question who I am or what I'm doing and what's going on in my life, I remember that God loved each one of us so much. He didn't have to create us. He created us in his image, in their image, the scripture says, as a Trinitarian God. And that linkage, that connection gives me purpose and hope in my daily life. People need to understand their purpose. People need to understand identity. You know, when identity is confused, everything is confused. And we see a lot of that going on in the world today. And so you and I, we understand we're made in the image of God and we're made to create. That goes back to what you mentioned earlier, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created and he's made us to create. And uh, and so what a joy and privilege to be with you today on this episode of the Encouragement 511 podcast. Again, we are here with our guest, Dr. Eugene C. Scott. If you would like to visit his website, you can just go to eugenecscott.com. I would encourage you to sign up for his weekly newsletter. Get the free resource, uh, Five Unusual Ways to Deal with Your Fear. 
And uh, what a great, great uh, resource for all of us. Again, if you'd like to connect with us here on the podcast, you can email us at podcast at encouragement511.com. You can also message us directly on the website at encouragement511.com. We want to hear from you. We want to shout out to you. We want to encourage you weekly and during the week through different blog posts and different things that we have on the website. So again, my name is Al Argo. I'm your host, and we've been joined this week with Dr. Eugene C. Scott from the wonderful, beautiful state of Colorado. Again, sir, thank you for joining us, and thank you all for listening this week. Any final words before we call it a day? It was a pleasure to get to know you better, and I'm looking forward to uh, future conversations over writing and encouragement. Uh, Encouragement of one another is such a great gift and a great need in our world. And friendship and fellowship and relationship is so, so important. So again, for all of our listeners, we really want to have a relationship with you. So email us, let us know that you're listening and we want to shout out to you. We want to help you uh, on your journey. We want to hear your stories too uh, for all of our listeners. So again, any comments, any questions, any suggestions for improvement, connect with us on via email at podcast at encouragement511.com. Until next week, I'm Al Argo. Make it a great, great week. 